going on niner fam it is me peter lucas and i'm here with mr worldwide chris polo <laughs> like that is going to be his name from now on oh, so you might as well just get used to it but uh, Thanks, this is Kevin. the niner fanatic podcast and i'm stoked to have this guy on while he's still talking to the little people and and but chris why don't you tell them where they can find all i, I don't know if we've got time for in the whole show to see to hear all the places you're going to be in <laughs> yeah but, but try and narrow it down so if you go to my twitter it's in my display name uh chris polo two underscores go to my link tree uh the polo show podcast just i'm gonna start doing live streams for that um that'll be in the link tree every platform i'm on there um i write articles for stadium ran at niners empire you can find my articles there i'm also going to be their podcast host over there and once i get that going i'll put that in the link tree so basically just follow me on twitter subscribe to the youtube channel hit the link tree if you want to find anything regarding where I'm putting my content. Cool, cool. And I mean, in reality, I'm I'm a loser. Like I'm only on I'm only on YouTube <laughs> and Twitter. Like uh, so, if you really want to to hear uh, some good Niner content, please come and visit my YouTube page and uh, and you know check out all the Niner uh, the Niner content creators. Like we have uh, probably the most diverse set of, of content creators of any team in the NFL. So if you're interested in the 49ers and you really want to hear uh, some different points of view on the on the on this team uh come and check us out like uh but today we're going to be talking about uh we've got like uh the the show we've got the game tomorrow that against the, against the texans final preseason game right and it's gonna be it's gonna be we're finally gonna get to see trey for probably more than one one or two drives i think i know he said it was gonna i know kyle said that it was probably gonna be two drives but uh, but I think that they're probably going to leave him in there till close to the second end of the second half. But uh, how long? How long do you actually think that Trey is going to play? Like, let's just start there. Um, I think it's going to depend how they start out. Like, if if the offensive line, like if the tackles are just collapsing and pass protection, I don't think he'll be out there too long. Um, but if they're holding their own, I think that he can get like twenty to twenty five snaps. I think he got what was it like 11 or something like that in the first game? I can't remember the number, but I could see him getting like 20, 25 snaps um, regardless of how long that takes to get there. I do want to see him get more reps. Um, I know he had the joint practice, obviously, and he's at camp and he had the Green Bay game, but I do want to see him get some more game reps with these guys, especially it's a lot different trying to evaluate some players, whether they're going to make the roster or not when you're watching them with a Nate Sudfield and Brock Purdy offense versus a Trey Lance offense when it comes yeah. to the quarterback. So I would like to see him out there a little longer for certain guys that could be out there with him just to see if it does make a difference. Um, so I, I think he'll, I don't, he won't play the whole first half, but I think he will get into the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I think that, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily think he's going to play the whole second half, but I really think that he, we're going to get to see, a few drives and we might get to actually see some wrinkles uh, before game one. Who knows? Kyle may just keep it vanilla the whole time. I'm hoping not. I'm, I want to kind of see what, what it's going to look like, but I know Kyle is big on not showing his cards until, until he has to. So, um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, Trey Lance. I know everybody in Ninerland is, is excited to see Trey Lance. Like maybe we can stop, speculating on uh, on a lot of the stuff that we've been seeing on there like i'm just so ready for all all of it to be over in the games just to start and uh, we can finally put to rest a lot of these tired narratives that have been going on but so something got me thinking about about this today like and i don't know 
how you how you would feel about it, Chris. But what if? And I don't think that they plan this uh, by any stretch. But what happens? And I obviously I don't want to see this happen. But like uh, for if they're keeping Jimmy, if they're keeping Jimmy just to see if Trey, you know, makes it through all the way through training camp, all the way through. Like uh, now, I don't think they plan that, but I think now, like they're not going to really release him until probably right before the, before they have to. And I'm wondering now if they're not just, instead of releasing him right now, what, what if they're just not releasing him so that, you know, just in case something happens before the season starts. Oh, I think you know how I would feel about that. <laughs> but but uh, I know I know that started that's going to start a shit show. But yeah. like uh, the the reality is is that is uh, it's a possibility just because anything could happen. He's going to play a half of football. Trey's going to play a half of football, and any as we've seen, anything could happen. Yeah, uh, I think Jimmy's gone regardless. Um, I, I think it would take like some really crazy scenario for them to even consider him being here. Cause first of all, let's say, actually, no, I'm not even going to say it. Let's say something really unfortunate happened at the quarterback position. I'm just going to say that where Jimmy had to play. He doesn't even have a, he hasn't had a playbook all off season. He hasn't been taking reps with any of these guys. I think that alone, like no matter what kind of cements, he's going to be gone regardless. They guaranteed money to Nate Sudfield. They didn't do that for him to be a third-string QB who's not even suiting up on Sundays. So I don't think he's going to be any type of insurance like in terms of injuries or anything like that. I think he's gone on August 30th. They're going to wait till the last second to see if maybe one team will bite. And I just wrote a whole piece on why it would be really foolish for a team to do that because you're days away from the Niners essentially either having to cut him or having to make one of the most ridiculous business decisions any team could ever make by keeping a essentially fourth string quarterback away from the team, taking up $25 million in cap space. So yeah, you just got to wait it out. If you're another team, I don't think he's going to be injury insurance. There's, there's been multiple things. I know Nate, for instance, has been really nervous about this because of the stuff that like Jed York said about how he would be happy to keep Jimmy. And I know like some people are kind of nervous, like, Oh my gosh, what if they actually do and try to wait for the trade deadline, but they've done multiple things to show you that they're going to get rid of him. Uh, yeah. The Nate Sudfeld guarantee, like I said, not giving up, uh, giving him a playbook, not um, having him participate in any of the team programs, no training camps, all that stuff. He's not been a part of it. Uh, they literally said in press conferences, like Jimmy knows we're going with Trey uh, and he knows we're moving forward with this. And they keep talking about how hopefully they can find the best scenario for both sides. That's kind of like, we're just trying to part ways in in a way that works out for both sides meaning we can hopefully get some compensation he can go somewhere where he essentially uh, would be able to actually play um, but it doesn't mean they're going to reach a scenario like that but it does mean regardless they're committed to that decision and they're going to move on from him regardless if they're trading him or if they're cutting him august 30th there's no way he's going to be on the roster after that when they cut down to 53 like that final roster spot could be someone really crucial it could be a depth piece um, it could be another offensive lineman like a Jason Poe or something like that. For all we know, it could be uh, maybe another defensive back. You're not going to give up any of those draft picks. Sorry, any of those roster spots to someone who you would not even have, not just on the sideline, but you wouldn't even have them on, you know, in the building at all. Not at yeah. practice, not at games. It would make no sense. All, all really just to hope that what at the trade deadline, some team is going to come trading for him. Like Cleveland's not going to do that because they're going to get Watson back in a handful of weeks after that. At that point, they're, they're committed to whoever they have at that point. The Seahawks, it's best for them to tank. I don't know why they would try to all of a sudden start winning in the middle of the year. So it's just highly unlikely. Um, he'll be a free agent, I think, regardless, even if they tried to do that. So I don't think Jamie's going to play any type of role. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I, I want to be – like I, I'm going to be clear on this. <laughs> like a, yeah. That this is not my take. <laughs> The, I am. I, I saw this earlier on Twitter, and I figured, ah, well, you know, we'll stir the pot, bring it up. <laughs> like, uh, it sounds like a good topic. Like, uh, but I really don't think that Jimmy's gonna be. I like you said. I think he's gonna be gone, uh, come hell or high water, August thirtieth, and it's it's just gonna be, uh, like I I think that there absolutely is a possibility at that point that there's. I mean, 
all, possibilities are endless at that point. Uh, who knows who could pick him up because they're only going to pay him probably like they're going to chop his salary and like little, it's going to only going to be a fraction of what he could be making now. So I, I just really feel like it's, it's over and done with for the 49ers. Like uh, we don't have to worry about him anymore. I, I, I know that they're just bringing him up because he's on the team still, but I, I just, uh, I, I can't wait. Like I said, I can't wait till it's all over. We can finally just, stop saying his name and the only time we'll even speak his name is when we're talking about back in 2019 <laughs> like yeah. uh, and and maybe last year but i mean we won't be talking about him in the present anymore but uh but yeah like uh i i agree with niner sickness like uh that uh if we cut him i think the seahawks pick him up like uh, just because that's what the seahawks do they pick up all of our all of our loose garbage even when sometimes they're not garbage but <laughs> yeah. like uh, but yeah, so we went to – we also, like, uh, we have a humongous running back battle going on right now uh, as far as Twitter, 49er Twitter goes. Yeah, I, I'm learning. <laughs> it's it's like pretty – it's pretty crazy, actually. And all I did was say – I made a comment today about, uh, you know, I didn't understand why Jeff Wilson was – so. I don't understand – why everybody is so high on Jeff Wilson and because he was honestly, if it wasn't for injuries, he would have never saw the field. <laughs> like uh, the guy, in my opinion, Jeff Wilson is a serviceable back. Like he's serviceable, but you've got these guys with that are talented on that, that they've been showing talent on this roster. I just don't see why people are so adamant about keeping him. Um, especially when he's shown you that, I mean, even in the little limited amount of time that he's gotten a chance to to play, he gets hurt. So, so I, I I don't I don't really understand it. But which running back do you think has had the most impressive offseason so far? Jordan Mason to me, it's been the most yeah. explosive. He's the number one graded right. running back on PFF in the whole preseason. Um. I feel like I've seen more from him in these in this small sample size of the preseason than I have Trey Sermon the last couple of years or going back to last year at least. Um, TDP looks nice too, like he's shown flashes, but I feel like Jordan Mason is just consistently got a really good burst to him the way he hits the hole. Um, and he's a UDFA, like he's got a lot of potential. He reminds me of like these running backs that the Niners always end up with that, like a Raheem Mostert or a Matt Breida who come in that. Maybe you wouldn't make a roster in other places, but they come to the Niners, they play in the system with Shanahan, and they end up, you know, like Matt Burrito was leading the league in yards per carry at a time. Like, that, that's kind of what it reminds me of. I think it could be really impactful for them. So I'm going to go Jordan Mason. Yeah, I, I, that's my guy. And, like, uh, I, I like Jordan Mason, of course. I, but, you know, I have a theory. I have a theory, and, and just stay with me. <laughs> like, I have a theory about the reason why – Trey Sermons and the TDPs kind of struggle early on in this offense. If you really think about the Shanahan offense, there's been maybe one or two like high, high, highly drafted guys that have actually worked, uh, worked out in this system. It's always like the lower, the lower, the guys that come out of nowhere <laughs> that actually end up looking good in this. And my, my theory is, is that, because those guys are highly are highly higher drafted that do you think that it could be because they're so dynamic they've been so dynamic in college they've been used for this that and whatever they weren't expected to just stick their foot in the ground and hit the hole that's not what they were expected to do they were expected to make something happen and because of that they struggled to just find a crease and hit it and like uh, and instead you get the undrafted the most of those guys that just that all that's all they do, the North and South runners, like all those guys get picked later on or they're undrafted free agents. And, but that's exactly what Shanahan needs for his system. So I'm, I'm, my theory is, is that I don't even think it's a theory at this point. Uh, it's Shanahan should never, <laughs> should never draft guys high because those guys are going to be, in my opinion, too dynamic for his system. And it makes them think too much because I, I I think with TDP and I think we saw it this last game that 
when when TDP when he first started taking carries, he bounced one out, got tackled, and it was it was it was looking like he did the first game. And but then I'd, I'm almost positive Shanahan or Anthony Lynn got in his ear when he got to the sideline because right after that, from that point forward, he was just hitting creases. He was running. It looked like he was running into walls, but he was getting two and three and four yards a carry at that point. And once he figured out that, like, hey, I need to just do what I'm told and hit the crease, it, it was a completely different story. So, like, uh, I, I have hope for TDP because I think if he uses – that ability and just becomes a North and South runner and stops trying to bounce and him and Sermon stop trying to bounce it out. They could become serviceable. And I'm really interested to see in this next game, if they've learned anything from that. I don't know what you think about that theory. Yeah. I mean, it, that that's the thing for me uh, when it comes to like Sermon TDP, I haven't seen it as much because we he just got here, but obviously on that fourth down, we saw it. Um, but to me, Trey Sermon needs to be a North South runner. Like he's a physical back. But when he's trying to go east to west, I think it does the whole offense a disservice. I think it does a disservice to him. I feel like he'd be better off just being able to sometimes just put his pads down and just do what you can. Get whatever mm-hmm. yards you can. Stop trying to do too much. I think sometimes they're trying to do a little too much. Um, you know, sometimes it's got to be simple. Just operate the offense the way it's supposed to go. That's kind of the way that Shanahan's offense is. It's really well scripted. Um, and that's actually a reason why I do – believe in Jeff Wilson. Um, I am actually one of those people that do think he is going to be the second running back because he's experienced in the system. He, I know he's had some injury concern, obviously uh, when healthy though, I think he was pretty damn good. I mean, 2020, he was averaging over four yards carry. He was averaging nearly four yards a carry last year and he was battling injury because Shanahan just spoke at the press conference and basically uh, talked about how for Jeff Wilson last year was all heart. Like he was not healthy at all. He was playing through injury, and now he's healthy. And at first I thought, okay, this year in camp, Jeff Wilson's not doing much. He's probably not going to make the roster. But I kind of feel like now, looking back at the last few weeks, I think they're just trying to make sure that he's good to go for week one because Sermon in reality, even though they drafted him in the third round, he hasn't really shown us anything to give us confidence saying that if Elijah Mitchell goes down, he can start for three to four weeks Mm -hmm. at a time. TDP, we also don't know because he just got here. Jordan Mason, as impressive as he is, we just don't know because at the end of the day, we haven't seen him play against starting caliber defenses yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So with Jeff Wilson, we have seen that. We have seen him start games. We've seen him have those 100-yard rushing games. He had a good game against Atlanta this past year too. And if he can be healthy and also with Trey Lance at QB, I think that automatically opens more things up than having Jimmy G. Um, I think he can be a serviceable second running back. Also, I think he's probably one of their better pass catchers. Um, Sermon did have that drop on the fourth down in the Vikings game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an aspect that they really want to go to this year is being able to use the running backs as pass catchers more. And that's what we yeah. were seeing in camp when it comes to Elijah Mitchell. So um, my whole thing is like with, with Trey Sermon and, and, and man, I I've been, I've been, I've been vocal about it the last few days, but like in the preseason, I was really hoping that he was the guy that was going to really start to show out and really prove his worth. But at the end of the day, in the sample size I've seen to be, to justify the fact that we traded up for him in the third round, I need more than 1.7 yards per carry because now like that's, that's just not like at this point, you're getting in the line of scrimmage and you're falling down. Like I I need more of that. Like Frank Gorg at this point could probably average four yards a carry. If he was playing at his age, like (laughs) I need you as a third round pick, who's 23 years old to be able to do more than that in a Shanahan offense. And mm-hmm. I understand that sometimes the blocking has been a little bad. He's playing, you know, without his starting tackles. And also McGlinchey had a really bad missed block in the Green Bay game. That was a loss for a few yards. But at the end of the day, Jordan Mason and TDP are not playing behind starting tackles either. In fact, they're playing behind like Jason Poe and stuff like that, like other backup guards. And they're still finding ways to make plays, still finding ways to hit a hole or hit a crease or break a tackle and just make something happen. Whereas Trey Sermon he looks the same. Like I thought he was going to look really different. He just, to me looks the same that I saw last year. Um, and if Jeff Wilson, like what I know Jeff Wilson's capable of, I know that that is more valuable than what I have seen so far from Trey sermon. I think Trey sermon, the only thing that I think he will make the roster, but I think the only thing that is going to keep him here is the fact that 
they have to see it through since they traded up to get him. But mm -hmm. at the same time, if you look at the fact that um, Moser was gone, right? Like he, he left for the Dolphins and they mm -hmm. understood, okay, we're going to need a running back. But to go get another running back to even feel the need to pick TDP in the third round, when I was getting discussions about this not too long ago about Nick Cross was available, that there was a need at safety and he was Don't even one of the top players available. <laughs> and <laughs> to go with a running back, and none of us saw that pick coming. That just yeah. goes to tell me, and there's nothing against TDP, but it tells me a little bit more about how they feel about Trey Sermon. Because if you drafted him like that last year, you traded up to go get him, you saw something in him. And I am expecting at this point, because he made that decision, he's going to have a much bigger role. But now we're sitting here saying, will he even beat out these two rookies? And one of them was, went undrafted. We don't even know. Like we're sitting here not talking about Trey Sermon being the most impressive running back. We're talking about Jordan Mason and TDP. Trey Sermon doesn't even come up. So that to me um, makes me feel more confident if we had Jeff Wilson on the roster over Sermon in all reality, because it's not like he's really old. I mean, he's 26. He's going to be a depth piece at running back anyways. Um, I think you can allow time for TDP and, and Jordan Mason to develop. You know, they'll find some random guy next year, too, who ends up looking really good in the preseason. Uh, Trey Sermon, to me, is just I, I haven't seen it. Hopefully, like I really want him to be good because, listen, if he's good and, and we have Elijah Mitchell and TDP and Jordan Mason are here and they're developing, we're going to have such a great young core of running backs uh, with Trey Lance and Debo's taking carry. So I really want Trey Sermon to be good. Yeah, uh, but I honestly don't know. Like, if I had to choose, I'm absolutely taking Jeff Wilson at running back, um, too. Um, and listen, like, there's a reason Jeff's starting tomorrow, also. Like, he's I, I kind of felt like they're probably trying to keep him healthy. And now, when he's playing, it's not he's not coming behind Sermon, he's going in front of him. So, I think it is also just he's a veteran, and Shanahan's going to be more confident in a veteran, regardless. I, and I get it, I get it about like uh, all the points about he's a veteran. I just don't value running backs. <laughs> like I, I just really don't. They're they've been able. It's shown that, like you said earlier, we can we can pick them up anywhere and make them anybody that I think anybody that's a north and south runner can succeed in this system. I just that's that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. And I, I and it's not that I have anything against Jeff Wilson. He he was serviceable when people are injured. I get it, but. You have a wealth of running of running back talent right now. Now, if they get rid of Sermon, then I could see them obviously keeping keeping Jeff Wilson. And I really think that that's the only thing, the only reason why I think that 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 he's probably going to stay is because I just cannot see them letting Trey Sermon be like a fourth stringer going into the season as a fourth stringer uh, behind all those guys. Uh, I like Jordan Mason. I like the way he runs. And I think that Shanahan has shown that, you know, he, he, uh, he doesn't care about your, what, where you were drafted. He's going to put, he didn't know that Elijah Mitchell was going to be Elijah Mitchell last season. There's no way he knew that. Like, uh, but he knew that Elijah Mitchell was running the way that he wanted him to run in his scheme. And so he decided, Hey, I don't care that I pick, I picked Trey Sermon in the third round and that I traded up. I'm going to put this, I'm going to start this kid anyway. And like, uh, and then it, it ended up working out for us, but I really just look at it. Like, I don't think Shani cares about any, I don't think he has any kind of, I think he's learned from the past, not to have so much, uh, not faith. Faith isn't the word, but he not so invested in his guys. Like, I think he learned from the Jalen Hurts. I think he learned from guys that uh, that basically just not waiting to see if they blossom. If they're not ready to go, this is a ready roster right now. We don't have time to wait for you to develop. These are the guys that are going to get us there, but they have these dynamic guys like TDP. And if TDP figures it out, like I, like I think I saw him do in the last game, I just I think this is a moot point about Jeff Wilson. Like uh, that's, that's really what I think about it. And if you're going to have him, Jeff Wilson be third string, really, what is the point? Like you could have Jordan Mason, like uh, be third string. And, uh, and because he's obviously more, more dynamic. I think he's more dynamic than, than a Jeff Wilson. If you want to carry Jeff Wilson, cause they can still put him on the practice squad if they wanted to. I don't think anybody would pick him up if they released him. 
Like, I think Seattle would. I don't think I, Seattle I, would. I, I think Seattle's going to pick up any running back we cut because they have an <laughs> awful running back room over there. I don't even know who they have anymore. But one dude got injured. Chris Carson retired. I don't even know who's over there, in all honesty. I mean, they still got Rashad Penny. They still got uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, I can't remember his name, but they've got two guys that I know. <laughs> like, uh, and but I just look at I just look at it as Jeff Wilson is a serviceable back, serviceable back that I think that we can get that production from pretty much anybody. <laughs> like, uh, and I and I get what you're saying, except it's everybody but. Trey Sermon because Trey Sermon can't figure out to just run into a wall. And and that's that's my thing with Trey Sermon. Like I do think he'll make the roster, but I, I feel like I feel like Trey Sermon, like if he's let's say let's say Jeff Wilson goes out tomorrow, has a really good game, and he he has like let's say seven, eight carries and he runs for like fifty some yards, something like that. And Trey Sermon goes out there, gets like six or seven carries, maybe eight carries and has like 25. Um, If it's at a point where he's consistently just the least productive running back throughout the course of the preseason. Yeah, for sure. He should not have a roster spot. That's just where, that's just where I stand with, with Trey Sermon. Like it's not political at all. I get they drafted him in the third round, but it's kind of like Jalen Hurd. Like there get, there gets to a point where, it's just become clear you're not going to be as productive as the other guys on the team. Um, even if, even though Jeff Wilson's older, even though he's had some injury history, if he's going to be more productive this year or j- maybe the next two years, depending if he's here next year, I would rather roll with that than Elijah Mitchell goes down and we have to now rely on someone like Trey Sermon who maybe he's out there and because he's out there, either Jeff Wilson's gone or maybe Jordan Mason's not active on the roster at the time on game day. And, and we're just feeling held back in the running game and, and it's affecting Trey. I, I really don't want to rely on him. I really feel like even though I do believe he'll make the roster, I do feel like he's got to show that he's productive and worth it in the middle of this season. Like midseason, if they're running the ball well, despite him and um there's someone out there available. Maybe a player gets waived kind of like Odell last year, or there's a free agent that's out there right now that just still isn't picked up. Or if there's someone available for a trade, I could see the Niners acquiring somebody and looking at Trey Sermon and being like, there's your roster spot right there. Mm You need to flip him in a trade or release him because you're in a Super Bowl window right now. There's, There's not a lot of time for guys to just be too slow at development if other guys are developing faster than you or producing faster than you if that's the case it's just tough it's you know if someone outplays you they're going to take your job unless you do something to make sure you keep it and i don't know where trey sermon really stands on the depth chart and i don't know that he's done much to prove that he can keep whatever spot that is wherever they truly see him so that that to me is the biggest question um trey sermon where is he? <laughs> I don't yeah, know I mean, I think, I think he's fourth string right now. I think that's he's how I see it on the de- on the on the depth chart. I think Jordan Mason is only fourth, fifth string just because he's undrafted. He's an undrafted guy. Like, uh, but because uh, because we, we also have to remember Debo's going to get carries. That's another thing. Yeah. And I think Ray Ray is going to be used in some aspects in the running game exactly. too. So there's a lot of carries to go. I, to go I look at it. So how many got? How many guys do you think they keep? How many running backs do you think they keep on the fifty three man? Three or four. Definitely I, not more I, than four. Just I because they're going to use Debo and they have used Chick and they have, um, I mean, Ray Ray's going to be a very small amount, but just because they have so many different guys they can give the ball to yeah. that aren't even running backs necessarily, I feel like three or four, probably four, I think. Mm-hmm. They won't all be active, but there will be yeah. four, I think. I, that's, that's how I'm seeing it. I think it's going to be four because I think that you've got some and then I think somebody's going to go to the practice squad, like, uh, uh, and I think, and I think somebody's going to either get traded or cut, like, uh, and I'm have no idea who that is going to be, like, but I, you know, what the the most curious one that I'm wondering who they're gonna what they're gonna do with is Hasty, because Hasty is balled yeah. out this whole off season, <laughs> and That's a good uh, one. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I mean, Hasty has been he. 
to me, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like he's gained a little weight. He looks a little heavier and he looks like he's running a little bit stronger. Like he re- actually was running through arm tackles in, in the preseason. And so I, I don't know what, you, but he's their best pass catcher. It's for all we know. Yeah. So like, uh, I know a lot, they said Elijah Mitchell has really worked on catching, uh, catching the ball. Um, but as far as we know, tasty is the best, uh, third down back they got. And like, uh, so I, I mean, what do you do? And I mean, at this point he's a veteran and he's, he's actually shown some pretty good bursts too, which is so does like, that's the thing. Like Trey Sermon, I need you to show me more. Than <laughs> that's Jermichael all I'm Hasty. Like Jamichael hasty was a guy. I think we were all coming into the season saying like, he's probably gone because yeah. we were anticipating Sermon to show up and we were actually high on, um, TDP and mm-hmm. we heard good things about Mason and we know about Mitchell, like Jamichael hasty is supposed to be one of the guys where it's like, we were kind of writing him off on our own heads, but now it's like, dude, I don't even know if Trey Sermon's going to be more valuable than that. I don't even That's know. Like I, I think, because this is the thing, I think that Trey Sermon could be valuable to another team because of my theory that I talked about earlier. Like, uh, I think that he would work in a power gap system. Like uh, if you gave him a power gap system and you actually open up the hole for it and let him be dynamic. I don't know how I, I almost look at him like a LeGarrette Blunt type of back. Like, especially when when he first got in the in the league, LeGarrette Blunt looked like he had all this ability. He was fast and like all this other kind of, for a big guy. But the reality was is he was going in early on, he was like Trey Sermon. He was getting knocked down with like arm tackles and like that kind of stuff. And he was kind of written off like in the beginning and it didn't, wasn't until he got with uh, the the Patriots, I think like that people really like they got him to run more powerful and like all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I think that Trey Sermon could be a good back for somebody else. Just not us. At least not us right now. Like exactly. I I believe in development. I could see, like I can see the potential and the talent with Trey Sermon. It's just, he's not producing in the games. Um, I feel like maybe he's someone that's going to take a little longer to develop. And I guess the question is how long are you really, are you willing to wait if you yeah. got other guys that are stepping up? So it's going to be an interesting dilemma. It, it, it will be kind of, I'm not willing to, to see. But, <laughs> yeah, no, we're, I'm ready for Chicago. I don't even talk to you about Houston. I'm just ready for Chicago. I'm saying like, uh, so, okay, let's move on to uh, another fan favorite, which is uh, Poe out of Mercer. I know all of my 49er Twitter 49er fans out there know who Poe is. And is there any world that you see? Because I saw this all day on Twitter today. Is there any world that you see him starting at guard over Aaron Banks on the left side? No. No, I don't I see don't him starting. I, I, I know that he was getting some first team reps, but it kind of sounded like it was a non-story. But I I do see a possibility, maybe not this year. Maybe he slides into the guard spot next year and Burford moves to right tackle. I could maybe see that because I know we're going to get to McGlinchy in a second because we don't know what that right tackle spot's going to look like at least next year. And even right now, it's a question mark, but not this year, not, not over banks and definitely not over Burford hundred percent. And also um, I don't even know if he would play center just because the dilemma was center all off season that system for a rookie to come in and play, it's asking a lot to just know all the pass protections and call everything out. I don't see that happening either. Yeah. I, I, I think it's too late for him to learn how to play center, but I did. Yeah. I wondered if that was maybe a developmental, like, because like that was why I asked if you thought he might start this season. Um, if there was any chance he might start because then that might, but now if he's a backup, maybe they can use this time to develop him as a center, which I think he might actually be pretty good as a center uh, because of his athleticism. His height is a, was a consideration. You don't have to be that tall to be a center. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just think that that might be a better option for him. I'm really big on Donovan West. I think that he, I think that that was a guy that they want to develop, but if Poe is going to play the way that he play that he's playing uh, and I just uh, I I think you have to find a way to fit him in somewhere, and uh, and I think he can pick up whatever 
I, I think this kid has been able to do whatever they ask of him. So I'll tell you where you could fit him in. Fullback. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Hey, hey, you <laughs> what, know what? what's funny? What's funny it's is someone gave him season. if he makes this team, it's gonna happen at some there will point. be there will be one play or tied in. You know, gonna you know what they're gonna do? In. It's gonna be on like a fourth and one, and they're gonna have that play where Trent Williams comes in as the lead blocker in motion, and they're gonna have Poe run behind him. It's gonna be something yeah. crazy like that. But no, someone gave him like the greatest name ever on a Twitter thread. I forgot who it was. I wish I could shout them out, but it, we were it was like during the undrafted for agent signings, and Jason Poe's announced and the clip was posted about uh, him like running routes and catching passes and someone called him a white ass back. And I thought that was the, the greatest <laughs> nickname for Jason Poe that I've ever seen. And I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't. And I'm wondering if you could make a t-shirt out of that. Oh, like, I, I would uh, get that. I mean, if he was like I really balling, I would buy that t-shirt. Looking at me with that, with that shirt on, but like, uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, and yeah, because you know we're not Cleveland fans. We don't just post. Oh my fans. gosh, Cleveland's <laughs> a wild place. <laughs> yeah, Ohio man. is a wild place. Yeah, I'm, I I don't know what's going on over there at this point. Skyline Chili, shout out. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, but talking about McGlinchey earlier, and like, so he's still still dealing with the injuries. Mm-hmm. They're talking about McKivitts. It's slated to go there. Or do we have any other options? I know that they have, I believe his name is Jordan Mills. Yeah. Like, uh, and he looked good the first game. <laughs> then the second game, he looked like trash. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering if there's any other options or do we go with another one of my theories, which is I thought I've always thought Burford had the measurables to be a right tackle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or do they just want him to be the right guard for a season and then they, maybe they split him out to, to right tackle next year, but I'm wondering if that's an option if McKivitt struggles early. So, what I think is when Daniel Brunskill comes back, he might slide into that tackle spot if McGlinchey's still um, banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, but supposedly they see McKivitt as their third best tackle on the roster. So, I, I, I really don't know. I'm not confident in that spot at all. Um, especially because with McGlinchey coming off that quad injury. Um, now he's dealing with the irritation in that right knee and he's just not healthy right now. And I'll tell you this, he had like eight snaps, a total, I think of like eight snaps in the green Bay game. If yeah. after eight preseason snaps, his knee is irritated. Yeah. How is he going to hold up for a 17 game season? This has got to be his last year as a Niner. Just it's just unfortunate, but like that quad injury alone, not a lot of guys come back from that and, and play well. And if he's having other injury concerns, especially lower body, I don't see a point in re-signing him to another contract when you did just draft a bunch of offensive linemen and um it, they got uh, Burford, Zakelge, they got Poe, they got Donovan West as a center. Like they have so many different guys now. Clearly they're trying to really bulk up that O line and um, I would much rather see Burford slide out there, like you were saying, because he was a tack. He did play tackle in college, so um, playing on the right side, at least for this year, or even if he has to in some situations, play right tackle. I'm sure that they'd be okay with him doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I really feel like Spencer Burford is going to be a really special offensive lineman in this league. Oh, I do too. I love um, the game. and and I think they have so much like potential with that interior now. Not guys that can come in right away and be game breakers, but I think they've they've they're in a good spot with potential, like we were saying, with like Jason Poe and Donovan West. Um, so, yeah, McGlinchey, I- I'm not confident in McKivitz either. I yeah. don't think there is another option, though, at this point, unless it's Daniel Brunskill, but he has injury issues also. Yeah, and this this is the reason why a lot of people killed me on Twitter during draft season about like when I when I said that they needed to draft a tackle. Yeah that nobody understood that they were going, that they were going to have uh, that the McGlinchey, everybody thought that the McGlinchey injury wasn't going to bleed over, but the reality was, is we didn't know like, and to be honest, half of you didn't even want McGlinchey in there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, so I, I didn't understand why we're not looking to upgrade at the vet, like, and not even upgrade, but just get a guy that's serviceable for that right tackle side. Like, uh, and I like Burford. I think Burford has 
immense potential. The fact that Trent Williams likes him as much as he does uh, says a lot. I think that that says also says a lot for for Poe, and it's uh, it it it's just infuriating sometimes when we go back and look at these drafts and like even the Jimmy Ward situation. We all said we needed a safety. Yep. Because not because we weren't like, not because I wasn't confident so much in what we have at the starter as starters, but the depth behind them was sketchy at best. Yeah. And like uh, that, and that's why I say, because if anybody goes down, we're going to be, we're going to be like scrambling around trying to find somebody. And, and now here we are, we could have had Nick cross. (laughs) We could have had Nick cross who we, we passed on twice. Yeah. <laughs> like so and and uh, he wasn't he wasn't even like one of my, like my guys in the draft for safety at two. It was Brisker. Yeah, I wanted Brisker. And also Brian Cook. Those are my two guys, but Nick Cross was a guy where it's like, okay, if he's there and we're in a position to take him, I would 100% take him. Yeah. And at that point, like I said, like we were talking about this earlier, like getting a running back to compete for what the third spot on the depth chart. Yeah. I, I, it just like from Nick a value Cross, standpoint, it didn't make right. any sense. Like Nick Cross at this point, it's not even about Jimmy Ward really getting hurt and he could play, but it's the fact that Jimmy Ward's going to be a 32-year-old free agent next year. I don't know how long you're going to continue to pay him after he tests free agency when you have the Debo salary kicking in and you're going to have Nick Bosa's salary kick in. How long are you really going to commit to Jimmy Ward? Are you going to pay him till he's like 35 years old and he's bound to slow down? Or do you want to go get someone like a Nick Cross who's just available and you just have the picks, so you might as well take it, let him develop this year, and he could be a potential starter next year. That's that's what I would have done um, because at this point, people try to, when I put that out there and everyone's getting like really, really defensive in, in my mentions about it, yeah. and people were bringing up, well, they have Odom. Well, Odom yeah. was here. He's here primarily for special teams. That does not make me very confident knock on wood if jimmy ward would re-aggravate this hamstring and be out for like six weeks that doesn't make me confident saying we've got ufunga who you know is essentially a rookie starter and we have odom who is a special teams guy now the good thing is the defense is so good at all areas that the safety position it's not as important as it might be to other defenses because i don't think a lot of these quarterbacks are really gonna have time to throw the ball and even if they do, we have two good corners and the best linebacking core in the league. So that's where they can get away with it a little bit. But, um, yeah, and from honestly, a value standpoint, I disagreed with it. Honestly, I think that they're going to get away with it this time. Like, yes. I think this year, I think they will get away with it. I think Odom has looked solid. Like, uh, I can't really argue with that. Like, uh, the only thing was I completely agreed with you. The fact that Jimmy Ward's going to be 32 and he's on the last year of his deal. And you're going to have like a, it would have been nice to have somebody in there with talent to groom up to, to replace him eventually. Yeah. And uh, that, that's the only reason why I thought that this was just get it a year early instead of sitting there. You're, you have such a Super Bowl ready roster that this is a time when you want to, you're drafting for depth mm-hmm. and you're drafting for the future. You're not drafting for right now. Like, uh, and that was, uh, but now you look at all the, all the guys in this draft class and mo and like, I want to say half of them are going to be starting. Like it's, it's a, it's a crazy, uh, it's just a crazy situation. And I can't really argue with what they do because nine times out of 10, like they're right. And like they, and they end up doing well. So I can't really uh, argue with it. It was just a, a preference and an opportunity for me to say, I told you so. <laughs> and, and, and considering they don't have a, they didn't have a first round pick. I think this is the best draft class they put together considering the circumstance of not having that first rounder. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I thought they did incredible for that fact that they didn't have a first round. It might actually be better that they don't have first rounder. Like they might might want to give away. Unless unless you have like the second pick and there's a Nick Bosa there, it's probably better. You don't have a, actually, no, they, they messed up the third pick. I don't even, I don't even know about that. That's true. But, but so let's move on to the DBs and, you know, like there was an interesting interview with uh, Lenore with uh, and I think a lot of people kind of wrote another guy that we were talking about, Casey, earlier uh, about people writing him off. But people, I think, had written off Lenore also <laughs> and uh, to, before camp started. <laughs> and I think we all thought that he had kind of fallen off, uh, fallen out of favor. And then we find out after an interview the other day that he was dealing with a lot. 
He was mm-hmm. dealing yes. with a whole lot. And I think it's kudos to the 49ers organization for letting him deal with what he had to deal with and not pushing the issue and not pushing him out the door when it didn't, when it, uh, when he wasn't really like contributing. Cause that would have been easy, easy to do. Yeah. Like, especially having Samuel Womack come through the door, but I don't think any of us could have thought that Lenore was, uh, I had, uh, I had been saying for a while that Lenore should be going after the nickel spot, but I don't think we, we knew that he was going to be as good as he's looked in this off season. Uh, the kid has looked ri- on outside and inside. He's looked good. Yeah. So it's going to be, and the kid is, is one of the, I, I want to say he's one of the hardest hitting guys in the out of the DBs on this team. Like uh, he had a so, good game, Minnesota. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really impressed with Lenore, but with Lenore playing the way he is, do you think he's a threat to Womack? Womack's uh, stranglehold on the nickel spot, or should we just be happy with his debt with him giving us depth? I think Womack. Just based on stuff we've heard, based on watching the games, I think Womack is going to be the starting nickel corner. Because also imagine Womack out there with Charverius Ward and Mosley playing corner with the starting linebacker core, with the starting defensive line out there. It's going to make it even easier for Womack. So the fact that he's shown really good flashes playing with backups, and I know he's playing against backups too. Uh, yeah, the spaces are probably going really crazy without me there. Um, it's okay because Rohan's basically me, and he might be in a space somewhere. But um, yeah, I, I think I think Lenore for me, he's a depth piece, but I think he has surpassed Ambry Thomas in the mm. depth chart. That that's where I see it because last year Ambry was getting that time to step up. I think if we ended up in a situation like that this year, I'm more confident putting Lenore out there right now. It's preseason, mm-hmm. but um, based on what we heard about Ambry and camp and I know Tariq Castro Fields is really raw. Uh, I think Lenore, based on what we've seen and what we've heard, I, I would be comfortable with him being that depth piece instead of Ambry Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, or uh, Castro Fields is an interesting one because mm-hmm. he has all the measurables. Like he's one of those guys that he's almost like a, uh, he reminds me of Witherspoon, like uh, in the fact that he's a drag down tackler. He's not, he's not aggressive. He's just, he's just not going to get burnt. And like, because he has the speed to the speed to stay with guys, but he's just not physical. He's not aggressive. And I think that that bothers me for this defense. And uh, I, and I don't want, I don't want him to be, I'd rather tell a guy to dial it back and have a guy dial it back than to have to try and get that out of him. I think we saw that with Witherspoon that that's just that's a recipe for inconsistency and like uh, so he's one of my guys that I was high on but now I'm thinking he might be one of the guys that I think that they might cut like uh, I don't yeah. know how you feel about him Yeah no the DBs like getting into the depth of DBs like I like Tariq Castro Fields potential mm-hmm. Don't know <laughs> how I'd feel him. about don't you know how I'd him. feel about him playing um in, in in any actual games yet he's a practice squad player to me yeah right now um i would like him to develop on the bench just see what or on the practice squad just see what he can be maybe in a year or two you know see what improvements he makes next year um kadar holman is another guy like they have some guys who have I like made some nice plays like holman's made some had some nice plays um he's had some good reps in there um my question mark, does Ambry Thomas even make it? I think that they like Ambry. I think like they like that. Ambry too, but he was really getting picked on in camp. I mean, he is getting to the yeah. point where he was being demoted. Actually, Tariq Castro Fields took his spot. I don't know if he's still there, but he took his spot at one point on the yeah. depth chart during camp. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, probably they do, but that, that would be interesting if that was it- one of the surprising ones. It would be crazy if I, I think it would be crazy if Ambry got cut. Like, yeah, uh, I think he's got to stay he, still because he notoriously uh, last year, same th- deal. He wasn't a good practice player. Yeah. And he was getting burnt early on. Uh, I just think he's he's another guy that he goes as his confidence goes. And like if he gets once he has a couple of plays to kind of build up that rhythm, 
like uh, then he starts getting confidence in himself and then he can't be then he's guarding it doesn't matter he's nobody's burning him at that point like uh in and i thought i think that we saw that last year and it's but it i don't think it matters mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly i just don't think it matters i think we're at a point like with when you've got Traverius Ward, E-Man, uh, and Womack, and then you've got a Lenore to kind of back up uh, whoever, and then we're going to have uh, Verrett give us whatever he can give us. Yeah. Uh, like uh, whenever he can give us, give it to us. Like uh, it's, I think that's enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might try to sneak Castro Fields on the, uh, on or uh, Ambry Thomas on the, either one of those guys on the practice squad. Like, uh, but I think one of the Avery Thomas probably wouldn't get picked up. I don't think, but I think Castro Fields would get picked up. Yeah, I think I think I agree. I think it would go that way also. Like, uh, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think you might try to to sneak Avery on the onto the practice squad, but you know, some team might say, "Hey, we'll take a flyer on what he did last year and mm-hmm. see if we can't bring that out." Like, so I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, but I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty. You know, it's. You could see this coming once we saw the draft and once we saw the team, the team building that they were doing, that the depth, the amount of depth like that this team has is just crazy. And I think it's just driving us fans crazy trying to figure out who they're going to keep because somebody's going to be pissed off <laughs> on cut day when they have to go from 80 to 53. Like uh, yeah. Twitter's going to go on fire that day. Like mm-hmm. I'm just letting you guys know right now, be ready. Because uh, your favorite player is going to one of your favorite players is going to get cut and and it's going to just don't throw yourself in traffic. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, let's move on to Drake Jackson. Another one of my guys like uh, that. I shouldn't say he's my guy. He's, he's really Roscoe's guy. Like yeah. uh, but uh, Drake Jackson has been killing it, killing it. Like, I mean, anytime this guy touches the field, it feels like he's flashing and uh even when he gets, even when he get, uh, he doesn't get to the quarterback, like he's in the frame somehow. His arm, his legs, something. He's somehow in the frame. <laughs> like uh, so, I mean, do you think it's possible that he might be the start, be a starter opposite Bosa week one? Week one, I think would be tough because he is still raw, but I think he will have some starts in the year. I, I love Drake Jackson. Um, I hope Roscoe never hears this, but uh, I, I, I love Drake Jackson. I, I, when I'm watching him play, he's everywhere. Like, you know, we, in the Harbaugh days and in the Shanahan days now, we usually have like, there's one or maybe two guys in the defensive line that are just relentless going after the ball. Uh, like Justin Smith was like that uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times too. Nick Bosa is definitely like that. Um, I kind of see that element in drake jackson's game where he's just relentless to get to wherever the football is like in week we week one of the preseason when jordan love scrambled to the left drake jackson hit the ground when he was uh, rushing the passer manages to get up and run down jordan love at the defensive end position like from as an edge rusher being able to do that um and then obviously when he's put applying pressure in the Vikings game that caused an interception, it caused an errant throw. Like he's just constantly making things happen. And we're not even seeing him do this with Bosa on the other side. So if Bosa's on the other side and you have Armstead and Kinlaw, I think that could be really dangerous starting week one. I don't know if they'll do that, uh, but I think at some point in the year, he'll get some starts just because that, that other side just tends to rotate. Yeah. A lot. You have a lot of different options. You can go there. You, you've I mean, got, you got Ebucom, Terry Hyder. You've yeah, got you Drake, got Drake Jackson. Jackson. So many people. Yeah. It's too many. It's too many to pick from. And it's just, but Drake Jackson, I would say is probably the most, I would he say flashes the most dynamic. The most. He's yeah. The, yeah. He's the most dynamic out of, out of the three. And yeah, like you said, I don't think he's going to start. I don't think he's going to start week one. I think he's going, I think it's going to still be Ebicom. Uh, I don't think we've seen much of Ebicom on the preseason in the preseason games. He's gotten like a couple, like a couple of, like uh, I think has he even played in the preseason? I think he might have gotten a couple of snaps. Like uh, I thought he might have, but I don't think he. I don't think he's been on the on uh, on the field. Like uh, and 
but I think that Ebicom has been talking about in the the preseason, like the interviews and everything, that he's he feels like he's he's way in way better of a spot than he was last year, just learning the offense. And I think Ebicom's going to be a beast uh, also. But Drake Jackson, you were just talking about the relentlessness, and when you've got Bosa coming off the other side, I think that, yeah. that it's going to be really interesting to see because uh, I think Bosa is going to at least play a, a series in the, in this coming game. I'm interested to see who they start opposite of him. And uh, just to, we just want to get a glimpse because I just think that this, this defensive line has the, and I talk about this all the time on my podcast. I talk about that. I stand over this defensive line. I think the defensive line is the most dynamic in the, in the entire NFL, uh, the most deep and, but with Kinlaw and Eric Armstead and all these guys that they've got, like, uh, and with Kinlaw flashing now, like that Kinlaw's flashing, yeah. like the like we've never seen him flash. So, I I just I'm interested to see how like uh, how that's gonna look week one, and like you said, are these are these quarterbacks even gonna have time to pick on our safeties at all? Yeah, I really don't think so, uh, especially week one. The way that Justin Fields has looked in the preseason, he doesn't even trust his offensive line. Uh, good good luck with that when, when you're going up against the Niners defense and they have the best linebacking core in the league. And Charverius Ward and E-Man should be ready to go that day also. Jimmy Ward, I think, might even be playing too, in all honesty. like Good good luck with that. Yeah, and it's – so who? which one of the, the defensive line, who gets cut? Or who who's not there? I shouldn't say gets cut because I think that they're going to trade some somebody. And that's interesting you say that because um, what if Ebukam is a trade asset? Um, I could see it. Because I mean, if, if, Teray, if Drake, yeah, Teray, Teray has been balling too, and it would free up some cap space where they can go. They they can go get someone else that is maybe a surprise cut somewhere else because of the cap space that would also free up. And if Drake Jackson, if they believe in him that much to give him even more reps in the regular season, they rotate a lot anyways. Yeah. Um, that could be a surprising one. I, I know some people have thrown that idea around that, you know, it frees up. I think it's like probably like 4 million yeah, cap something space, something like that. like that. And you can get a draft pick for him too. So that could be an option. I don't know. It's so hard to pick. Um, you mean like just on the other side of Bosa or just the defensive line just in general? Defensive line in general, because – You've got you pre, you figure they've got to have at least they've got to have at least they're probably going to keep. Uh, I mean, let's let's just look at the ends first. First off, like you've got Kamoko Ture, you've got Ebicom, you've got Drake Jackson, you've got Amenahu, you've got uh, who else have they got on that on that Kerry Hyder, yeah, and uh, who's been balling. And uh, and then you've got and then on the interior you got you still got Ridgeway who I don't think is going anywhere, and uh, he he actually flashed pretty good in the Vikings game. Uh, you got Kinlaw, you've got Kevin Givens who's who's been a ball who's been balling, like. Uh, but I I think the interior guys are are gonna I think they're gonna stay where they are, like. Uh, but there's just so many that like I mean where somebody's got to go like they're not gonna keep all these guys and uh, all these guys, obviously. So out of that group, I think, like you said, I think that they may trade uh, try to trade Ebicom. They may try to trade. Uh, I think a man, uh, like a man who might be a, uh, a trade, a trade also. I don't think that they're going to release him. No. I think that they're going to try and uh, to, to step. They're going to try and stash somebody on the practice squad and it's not going to, it's not, they're they're going to get picked up like Tanner Hudson did today. <laughs> Does Jordan Willis make it? Ooh, another one. I mean, he was the hero of the uh <laughs> block the punt. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, he was the hero of that game. Like I mean, uh, do you think he goes because he hasn't really I mean, he's been solid but he hasn't really flashed at all. Like so that might be a cut candidate. Yeah, because they also either. they also would be willing to use like Kerry Hyder and um, 
some other guys inside too. Like it, yeah, they, they're pretty saying, versatile. Man. So <laughs> it's possible Jordan Willis doesn't make it. I, yeah, don't know. I think two guys, at least two guys are going to get, are not going to be here uh, like on that defensive line. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see uh, like who, who's, who's actually, and how they do it. I, that's what I'm most interested in seeing is how they, they get down to that uh, because I, I just can't see them just letting these talented guys go, especially when they've, a lot of them have been flashing in camp and in these games. I think it's an opportunity for them to trade some of these guys. Now the league knows that they got to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Like, but I guess they maybe they don't want to put it up to the, the waiver order or whatever. So I don't know. Yeah, because because Ebukam, I believe this is his final year of his deal. Yeah. So with not the way the money, yeah, with the way the money's working out, it maybe would make sense to get a draft pick out of that and let the other guys go. Or as in like letting them play, let them get their run. And it might make sense. Yeah. Oh, I want to give a shout out to Mariah and a Niner Sickness, all the guys in the chat. Like, uh, make sure, make sure everybody that's watching this or gets to watch this or gets to hear it uh, later on the audio version that um, uh, Mariah and TL have their uh, 49 Faithfully podcast this Friday. I'll be on that one, too. Like, they're having their 100th episode. I believe you're on it, too. Right, Chris? We're on at the same time. Yeah. So the uh, so, yeah, we'll be on we'll be on that. uh, The 100th episode. Come in, uh, chat, get get it, get with the celebration. Because it is, uh, it's a milestone for them, like, uh, and and for the 49er community. So make sure you guys check it out and win some free stuff. Yeah, get you some free stuff. I'm trying to get that hat. I don't know. I don't. I spoke about it on Twitter, but that t- that hat looks sick. That gray hat. Mariah just simply has to rig it for us. How about that? Yeah, that. I mean, I don't think that's too much to ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's uh, let's move on. So. I just spoke about Hudson earlier. Hudson Gemmels Schluter got cut yesterday. And I mean, I guess it's a little late already now, like uh, because Hudson got signed by the Giants. Giants. But yeah. uh, which, which uh, do you think Gemmel or Schluter make their? Oh no! And Schluter, I believe, got put on IR. He already he already made it through waivers and got put on IR, so he's not. Do you think Gemmel somehow makes it back? Because he didn't have a bad game. In Minnesota, I thought I thought he looked pretty solid, but I know they're like I'm, I think they might try to sneak him onto the practice squad somehow. Yeah, they might try to sneak him on there. I mean, they're so deep; it's so hard. Whenever we're looking at all these names, like, yeah, <laughs> it he really might is. Sneak, he might. I, th- I think he might sneak his way on the practice squad. Yeah, because I don't. I don't think he he did anything to. For team to be like, oh whoa, like uh, yeah. they're gonna have to cut that guy. I need that guy. <laughs> now there are there are some teams that'll probably look at guys that we have and sign them strictly based off the reputation the Niners have at finding underrated talent. Yeah, um, but I think I think he can sneak his way there. Yeah, I, I just I think like we were talking about earlier, I'm big on. Um, I just think that. When we go down to this 53 man, like so many guys that people are high on are going to get cut or or, or waived or however you want to. I think that they're going to use the injury designations to keep a cut, at least a few of them like. Uh, but. Yeah, it's you're. it might be like people just need to get their emotionals in check now, like uh, because it's it's coming and. Some your favorite your favorite under the radar guy is probably not going to be here because yeah. this is a Super Bowl ready roster, and like uh, we've been watching these games and the starters most of the starters twenty seven of the starters didn't play in the last game. Yeah. <laughs> so so I mean, think about that for a second and like uh, and just understand that we've got a ridiculous core of starting players that so your favorite backup guys they're probably not gonna make it and there's a lot of guys that we're talking about right now that we're probably never gonna mention again <laughs> like, yeah. so so just get just get your emotionals in check do some kumbaya get 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 used to it but hey chris i really appreciate you coming on probably i don't know like this guy's so busy now like that this will probably be the last time we see chris <laughs> 
for a while. Like uh, he's gonna be holed up in his dungeon. <laughs> like uh, yeah, I'm gonna just writing articles and slaving and away for stadium rant. What, what's 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 crazy is I'm gonna be running two podcasts now because I'm gonna try to get the polo show back going with live streams, <laughs> and I still don't have a mic stand. I got my <laughs> I have a new camera that just delivered about 20 minutes ago. And I still am just going to be holding this thing like I'm Draymond Green in the hotel room after game three of the finals or something. Like I'm, I'm going to have why to figure that why out. Why don't you invest? Why don't okay. you invest? Okay, actually, I do have a stand. I need something to put the stand on because this desk is too wide and it's not a desk I can drill. So well, I need to know. get something to put the stand on. I have the stand. So Stadium so, Rand is paying you, correct? Yes. So you know <laughs> get, what? Get I, you I need to invest. <laughs> What's funny is I'm working – I'm actually also working on getting a lease for, for a, an original like Bay Area type instrumental for that. And I yeah. and that has made its priority like higher than oh, okay. figuring out my mic stand somehow when it's been like six <laughs> months. I need, to, I need to get my priorities straight is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't you go through the uh, break out your Rolodex and tell them all the places that they can find you on the socials. <laughs> yeah so here comes a laundry list now if you go to my twitter uh it's chris polo two underscores in my display name um hit my link tree in the bio you'll find the polo show youtube channel also on spotify apple podcasts amazon music um subscribe to the youtube channel i'm going to be giving away a nick bosa jersey pretty soon so just make sure you hit the subscribe button super quickly give me a follow on twitter also my articles are also on my link tree you can get to my page with every article i post and um, I'm also going to add one in there with the other podcast I'm doing for Stadium Rant at Niners Empire. When that gets going, I'm hoping to get an episode out probably this weekend, and that'll be added to the link tree. So just hit that. You'll find everything um, that I do. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, uh, yeah, this guy, I, and I'm going to be I'm going to be a little selfish here, <laughs> and I'm going to tell everybody that I told this kid from day one, the it's true. first time I had him on my show, I told him, I was like, you're going to be on ESPN one day. You can't, the voice is undeniable. I want to say that. Like your, the voice is undeniable. Depending so, which one I use. Cause apparently yeah. I have like six of them. <laughs> like, but yeah, like nothing but the best for you, bro. Like, uh, and I'm sure you're going to kill it. And, but yeah, I thank everybody for watching and listening and getting in the chat. Thanks to Niner sickness, Mariah, Kevin, all the guys, uh, that, that came in, come in and support, uh, uh yeah they, and I, i'm sure i'm forgetting somebody but but uh thank you guys for listening today i like i said i will be on mariah's show on uh, the 49 faithful lead podcast on uh, friday and what slot time slot are we supposed to be on we're on at six okay six o'clock like pacific time pacific time oh geez okay well i guess i gotta leave work early like <laughs> uh but uh but yeah so we got we'll be on that check us out on that uh, I also remember to, to share, like, comment, and most importantly, subscribe and tell all your friends, even if they can't watch the YouTube, they can always get it on it on all audio podcast platforms. Please, please, please share, share, support the community. And but with that, with that being said, we're going to get out of here. Uh, the uh, the 49ers got their last preseason game. And I'm still going to be doing probably one to two shows a week. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But like always, go Niners. Yep.